This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. This week on Podcast Royal, we have a new royal baby and a royal wedding to celebrate. Trooping the Color rehearsals are underway for Trooping the Color this weekend. And Prince Harry is back in court again. We've got a lot to dig into for episode 96. So let's get to it. Welcome back to Podcast Royal. We had a little unexpected break from the pod last week with work obligations. We had a little travel and we've just had a super full calendar. Rachel, I felt like we had a little bit of like a mini pre-summer vacation break. <laughs> well, um, if you want to call it that because my life fell apart, but you know, that's I that's <laughs> not my kind of summer vacation, but here we here well, we are. We're still as Elton John says, we're still standing. So here we go. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, while we were out, we had a lot going on, but so did the Royals. I feel like we've got a full list of things to report on this week. So why don't we go ahead and jump into our Royal Run? Whoa, that was tough to say. Let's go ahead and jump into (laughs) our Royal Rundown. Um, And why don't you start us off? Yeah. So we're, uh, we've, it's been three weeks. And so, so much has gone on, you know, you would think that the Royals would take a breather after the coronation, right. But they have at least, you know, especially William and Kate have been just full speed ahead and, and as have the King and Queen. So we're going all the way back to May with this, the King and Queen actually made a surprise visit to Northern Ireland. It was kind of short, probably fell under the radar for most of you listeners, but this was their first visit outside of England since the coronation, at least at the time. Charles has since been to Romania. We'll talk about that in a minute. They went to Belfast, and as one of their final duties of the visit, they cut into a crown-shaped cake, which actually looked amazing. I don't know if you saw the picture of it. Um, it looked delicious, and it was shaped like the St. Edward's crown, which of course was the crown that Charles was crowned with on May 6th. And as lighthearted as that visit may have been, there was a real tragedy that took place involving the Duchess of Edinburgh, Sophie. This is this is really sad. And I know that it has absolutely torn Sophie up as it would anyone. An 81-year-old woman died after a motorcycle that was escorting Sophie hit her on, hit the woman, her, whose name is Helen Holland, not Sophie, on May 10th. And Uh, Miss Holland died two weeks later after suffering multiple broken bones and massive internal injuries. Miss Holland, as I said, is the name of the victim. And naturally, Sophie is said to be distraught over this. And so we at Podcast Royal send our love, our prayers, our just heartfelt wishes of of hope. And just, just grief is so tough. And that's just, it's so sad. So we send all our love to the Holland family. Yeah, I remember hearing about that when it happened and it's such a heartbreaking story. I mean, you know, it's just it's it's so sad for for the woman and her family and Sophie. I know that's a tough thing to mm-hmm. um to have to hear. And so yes, our our thoughts and prayers are with her family. Rachel, you know, we took a our own little vacation the past few weeks, but Charles also took a trip. He was out of the UK visiting Romania um, and staying at a residence in Transylvania. So listeners, if you've listened to our past episodes, you have probably heard us talk about different residences that the royals often frequent. There's one that we haven't talked about, though, and for good reason. I didn't know it existed. Rachel, did you know this this residence existed? I did not. So earlier this month, following the coronation, King Charles took his first trip out of the UK where he visited Romania. And while he was there, he stopped first to visit with the president at... Cotrocini Palace. I don't know that I'm saying that correctly, but then he went on to stay at a home of his in the Transylvanian village of Vissery. So 
At the front part of the, uh, the visit, the president actually held a reception at the palace in honor of King Charles. And at the reception, King Charles actually gave a speech where he told everyone that he's always felt a deep connection to Romania. Um, and he's just always felt at home there. Mm -hmm. uh, he also called out some family connections to the country. So listeners, if you didn't know this, King George V was a first cousin of Romania's Queen Marie. Um, and he also had some connections through Queen Mary and Prince Philip. Um, but as I said, you know, he first started out in um, at the palace, and then he went on and stayed at his home in Transylvania. So here he has three guest houses. And this is a place where he's able to retreat, I guess, and spend a little bit of time in nature. So when he arrived there, he was able to greet several uh, members of the public who were there with, they had messages, they brought gifts. And one thing that I thought was really interesting. So he bought his first house here in 2006. And today the village where he stays, apparently it only has 120 residents. That's pretty oh, small. Wow. That's that's really small. Like, you know, you hear about like small, like some of these small Southern towns and they have like, you know, maybe a thousand people, 120. That's, that's small. So talk about getting away. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, let's talk a little bit about the queen. So this past weekend, Camilla held the first Queen's Reading Room Literary Festival at Hampton Court Palace in Surrey. And I saw a familiar face in attendance when I was flipping through photos from this event. So Dame Judy Dench was there, and she was actually a speaker at the event. She talked about her love of Shakespeare. Um, we saw some photos of her posing with Camilla, and they seemed to be really close. So this was a charitable event. The goal of the reading room is to really encourage a passion for literature in all ages, from children to adults. And at this event, Camilla had on this blue jumpsuit by, I think it's by Anna Valentine. Look at her in this jumpsuit. Get it, Camilla. Yeah, I included a photo. So this is sort of different for royals. Mm -hmm. I feel like we Very see them different. in dresses and pantsuits, but not often jumpsuits. It's actually not the first time she's worn a jumpsuit. So she actually had this exact one on at the coronation concert back in May. I don't really think we could tell really? because she was up in the balcony and we could only see the top part. Huh. Um, but yeah, this is a rewear. And like I said, it's not, not typical for royals. And so I want to ask you, Rachel, what do you think about it? No, you know what? I love this, this. Okay. So there we are in blue again, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, Camilla in blue, but okay. First of all, I want to make it clear that women and men can wear whatever they want at any age. Camilla's 75 and you can wear a jumpsuit at 75 and she's doing it. And I think she looks great. I had no idea that this was what she wore to the coronation concert. Cause like you said, you can only really see her from the waist up. Um, I, I, I mean, I look the outfit itself is not my favorite jumpsuit, but I love this on her. Like I just love the boldness of the look and I'm here for it. So I had a similar reaction to you. I feel like the jumpsuit is actually pretty appropriate for the event she was at. Mm -hmm. And I think it's made to flatter her body and she can pull it off. I personally am not a jumpsuit person. That's just not really my style. So it's mm -hmm. you know, not my favorite, but um, I think she wears it really well. Yeah, she looks beautiful. And, and I agree. Like I, I jumpsuits are not flattering on me. So that is uh I, I'm so into this look, not even like because she's a royal, but like I just love like seeing women above like let's just say 75 taking fashion risks as they should. Yeah. You should you should be able to wear whatever you want as as for as long as you want. And I love this for her. And I just am like stunned that this is what she was wearing at the coronation concert. And I just did not know, but that, I like it. And blue again, my gosh, like when are we going to get tired of this? But I digress. So we have Trooping the Color this Saturday, which is just kind of unbelievable to me. It feels like yesterday, but it also feels like a hundred years ago that the last Trooping the Color happened during the Platinum Jubilee last year. Of course, this Trooping the Color is the first with the king on the throne. 
And, you know, I mean, again, again, how I long for last year's Shooping the Color with Her Late Majesty, but we're living in the present over here. So we saw William out over the weekend at rehearsals. Um, you're going to talk about this in a second. Sweltering London. I say sweltering London heat. I mean, like, it was like seven. What was it? Like, was it 76 or 86 degrees? I don't know. It was, it was hot for them. We'll just say that. Um, it was unseasonably so. And I think what three guards passed out. But anyway, William oversaw 1500 soldiers and 300 horses that will take part in the parade on Saturday. And, uh, this is an annual event I love and I can't wait for it. Yeah. So I had, I had noted down here, um, in our, in our notes that three of the guards did pass out and it was during the rehearsal and, you know, just for listeners, you probably saw this in the news, but if you didn't, they were wearing those wool uniforms with a big bear skin hat. So, I mean, I, you know, 86 degrees is pretty hot in normal clothes, but in that, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, that probably was pretty, pretty tough to get through. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, you know, they fainted and, I, it was kind of odd to see on the news. I watched a few of the videos, but Prince William actually sent a tweet out after the rehearsal and kind of acknowledged it and just said, you know, thank you to the soldiers who were there. You know, he, he mentioned the difficult conditions and that, mm-hmm. you know, they did well. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, tough day. Yeah, that is a heavy uniform and the hat, like that, the hat is what would do me in like that would just it looks suffocating even, you know, in like a temperate day. But All right. So (laughs) I'm saying this respectfully listeners. I feel like Harry spends a significant portion of his life in a courtroom these days, especially so for someone who is not in the legal profession. Um, He was in court again last week. This this case, this case is, I feel like there's so many of them. This case is fascinating. It's also really terrible for Harry. I mean, I've reported on it quite a bit over the past week and It involves Harry suing Mirror Group newspapers for allegedly hacking into his phone and voicemails over the span of 15 years from 1996 to 2011. So there is so much here with this case. But again, he is suing MGN, which publishes the Daily Mirror, the Sunday Mirror, the Daily Express. Jessica, you and I randomly end up in the Daily Express a lot. And it's it's a very interesting, weird experience. not nearly obviously as much as Harry does, but, um, and other publications, but he's suing them for obtaining information for stories through illegal methods, like hacking into his voicemails. So he had a 55 page witness statement that was released. And in there, he wrote about among so much, what the rumors about James Hewitt's alleged paternity of him did to his life. I don't think we've ever talked about that on the show, but listeners, I'm sure you're aware, but there's a rampant rumor and it's been around forever that Charles is not Harry's real father. Um, if you look at, by the way, at photos of Harry and a young Prince Philip, he's definitely a Mount, Harry is definitely a Mountbatten Windsor. Plus, as I'll say in a moment, Diana didn't even meet James Hewitt until 1986, I think. And Harry was already two by then, but these room because James, because Harry is a redhead and James Hewitt is, is a redhead as well. Um, these rumors have, have dogged, Harry for most of his life. And yes, Diana and Hewitt did have an affair, but it he's Charles is Harry's father. Um, and Harry said in the statement that he felt as though he was, he, there was an attempt to oust him from the Royal family. And so he also talked about how the press tore apart his relationship with Chelsea Davy. If you remember, they were together from, I think 2004 until 2010, it was his first serious girlfriend Cressida bonus was after that. And then Megan, but um, I mean, Chelsea and he were very much in love and the press tore them apart. How Diana and then later Harry were not paranoid as many said, but actually were fearful of what was happening to them. I mean, can you imagine not being able to trust anyone because your secrets kept getting leaked and then you think it's your friends or whoever, your girlfriend or whatever, isolating, like you, like you think that it's them sharing your secrets to the press, they deny it, then you don't believe them because how else could the press have found out? Then you isolate yourself from them only to find out that it was never your friends or your girlfriend or whoever leaking to the press, but it was because someone was hacking into your phone and listening to your voicemails. I mean, it's just really unbelievable in such a 
violation. And I've actually read, I actually think I wrote an article about this, that a legal expert expects Harry to really clean up and like make a whole lot of money from this, this lawsuit, if, if he should win, which that verdict won't be in until later this year. I don't know why it's taking so long, but anyway, um, there's, there's no verdict as of this recording. And I, and I read on Reuters that I don't think there's going to be a verdict until later in the year, which again, I'm not really sure what takes so long, but so be it. So Harry missed the first day of the trial, which was last Monday because he celebrated Lily's second birthday back in the U S her birthday was Sunday, the fourth. He did take the stand on Tuesday, June 6th and Wednesday, June 7th. And he flew back home to the U S on Thursday. And while he was in town, he stayed at Frogmore, which I found interesting because, you know, they're due to vacate at the beginning of summer, which I guess is, it's not quite summer yet. I mean, that's the what the 21st, but, um, I just thought it was interesting. It was like, he got one more, one more crack at, at Frogmore before he's out. So any thoughts on Harry's court case? You know, I'll be honest here. I, you know, we talked a while back on the podcasts about that Sussex fatigue and, you know, I think everybody was experiencing that when we were having a lot come out with the Netflix documentary and spare and, um, you know, Megan's podcast and, I'm, I sort of think I have court case fatigue with them right now too. Um, there's just a lot going on and, and, you know, I keep hearing about it and it's a lot to keep up with. And so I have really kind of stepped back and not followed this particular story very closely. And it's just, um, there, there's just so many lawsuits going on, I feel like. And I do, you know, I, I do feel like, I mean, there's no question that that's tough for him. It's clearly troubled him throughout his life. I mean, he told a lot about, you know, how he felt about the press in spare. And we're hearing a lot about it here. And, um, you know, so a lot of this is not super surprising that he, you know, hasn't been able to trust people or that he's been, um, feels like he's been, you know, um, listened to, or he's had his words twisted or, or whatever, and he can't trust people. And, and I can't imagine being in that situation. And so I do feel for him in that, in that way, but I have not really been able to follow this case very closely. And I kind of wonder on our listeners and how many people are actually tuning into this and keeping up with it as well, just because it's so much and we keep hearing so much about it. I'm a little bit tired from, from hearing all of this. Well, Harry is certainly also earning his frequent flyer miles on whatever his preferred airline is because my gosh, that's, that's a lot of, I mean, traveling from, you know, the East coast to London frequently is, is a lot traveling from the West coast to London is even more of a, of a trek. And he is just, I I wonder where, because, you know, at some point he'll be back again and I wonder where he will stay because I don't think it will be Frogmore. But I mean, of course, I've been covering it because I've been reporting on it. And one of the most interesting segments from the and the witness statement is long. It's 55 pages. That's that's a beast of a witness statement. And, um, you know, if you remember in the Panorama interview, how Diana said that there were always three people in her marriage, herself, Charles and Camilla. Harry kind of alluded to that in his own way. And in the witness statement, he said there were always three people in all of his relationships, him, his partner or his friend or whoever, and the press. And so it was like an interesting kind of like buttoned up tie. But yeah, I mean, it's just, I can't imagine just not being able to trust anyone and for fear that they're selling your secrets or selling information and then to, to blame them and to not believe them. And then the relationship gets fractured. And then only to come to find out that your friend or your partner, whoever was telling the truth the whole time and your voicemails are being listened to. It's just, it's just yeah. icky and gross. Well, I totally agree. And yeah, and I'm not at all discounting, you know, his feelings or experience mm-hmm. there. I totally understand that that's got to be exhausting and, um, and just really difficult. How do you navigate your life and your relationships when you can't trust anyone? Mm-hmm. Um, but the court cases in general and the stories we're seeing coming out on the court cases. And, you know, like you said, there's been a lot going on. I'm a, I'm a little bit fatigued by those. Now, as far as him staying at Frogbore, I'm not totally surprised. I feel like 
you know, I mean, Charles, I'm sure has some flexibility there on vacating and the lease mm-hmm. being up. And I feel like if, you know, Harry communicated in some way to Charles and or, you know, his team, he, you know, I feel like if if no one had moved in yet, he's probably allowing him to stay there as as mm-hmm. needed until, you know, until he's able to find another accommodation when he's in town. Well, Andrew, who is allegedly moving into Frogmore, refuses to leave Royal Lodge. So it's not like somebody's like <laughs> pushing, pushing Harry out. But um, interestingly, although not totally surprisingly, Harry did not see William or Charles while he was in in country, um, even though Charles had gotten back from Romania on the 6th, I believe. And so they could have crossed paths, but they didn't. So I'm not going to read too much into that, but. I, anyway, I digress. So, um, William and Kate have been all over the place, busy lately, Kate in particular, and that looks to continue before they get their much needed summer break. They're going to be at Anmer Hall for part of it. I heard, and they're also going to go somewhere tropical. I, I heard as well, but they will travel before that happens. They'll travel to Scotland on July 5th during Royal week in Edinburgh, where they will be presented with Scotland's crown jewels in a national service of Thanksgiving at St. Giles cathedral to honor the King and Queen's coronation. I'm really not sure why they're going instead of the King and Queen, but again, I, who, I don't know, but we will get back to the Waleses in a second, but speaking of the King and Queen, I also want to make mention that the King and Queen met with another King and Queen this time of Belgium at Windsor Castle. Camilla naturally was wearing blue, shocking. No one, we're going to stop mentioning this at this point. Cause that's like saying like the sky is blue. Okay. We get it. Like that's, you know, yes, it is <laughs> it, like Camilla is wearing blue. Okay. Well that, yes, she always does. Um, we will talk more about, we will talk a lot more actually about Royals around the world in a bit, but I love when we get to see other Royals have a crossover, but back to William and Kate. I love this next story that I'm about to share with you. So apparently this is so sad. Apparently a Welsh church that they visited back in September was burglarized with items stolen from its food bank and baby bank. I mean, seriously, like what is, what is wrong with people? Like that's sick. But anyway, thankfully the whales has stepped in generously offering to replace everything stolen at St. St. Thomas's church in Swansea. Am I saying that right? Swansea? I think so. Right. Somebody will correct me. I don't know. I think it's Swan. I don't know. Um, some listener is like screaming and one of us is wrong and it might, it's probably me. But anyway, after they heard about the theft, William and Kate called up and offered to help asking if it would be okay if they replaced everything that was stolen. This apparently left the church gobsmacked. That's their word. And it leaves me very happy and hopeful to me. That right there is what the Royal family is all about. So yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate that the church was burglarized like that, but also a really sweet ending to that story that they were able to come in and uh, re replenish all of the items. But I'm just wondering what, what would motivate someone to do that? Because normally you feel like when people steal something, it typically would have like a high monetary value, either it's cash or it's something like jewelry or something, but like to steal canned goods and diapers is sort of interesting. I mean, I'm, I just wonder what their plans were with that. Did, you know, where did it go? Um, I mean, the only so- thing I can think of is that they were, you know, just trying to fend for themselves and that they were needed diapers themselves and which maybe I'm not not here to judge but I mean just of all the places to don't steal but like of all the places to steal from you know uh, again I I am I am in no no room to judge anyone but gosh that's that's rough but um the whole situation is sad until it, it until it's beautiful so you know anything and everything can have a beautiful turn, especially when William and Kate step in and say, here, let, let us replace everything. You know, I aspire so much. This is neither here nor there, but I aspire so much to have the kind of wealth where, and like, I mean, it doesn't take probably an enormous amount of wealth to replace items stolen from a food bank and a baby bank. But like, I just dream, this is again, like no one probably cares, but I just dream of like being able to go to a restaurant one day and strike up a conversation with a server who's maybe down on their luck or having a hard time and tip them like $10,000. Like I would love to be able to do that. I I currently cannot do that. Spoiler alert, but I hope someday that I can. And so that's what I love about the Royal family is just like at its core, it's about generosity and showing up. And so I appreciated that story. So Kate was out 
recently she was being all Kate like and perfect as she does playing rugby like a pro. And then she's got this sky high ponytail. Did you see this when she went to I play did. rugby that, that I could only dream about? Like, this is again, such an aside, but my ponytails on my hair look like a little 12 year old colonial boys. <laughs> and hers have like this volume and like height that I could only dream of anyway I also don't have a hairstylist but anyway so she visited the Maidenhead Rugby Club to show off her skills and once again touched my heart so while she was there she was given a pair of Issy Star ISSY Star earrings which were designed in memory of Isabel Phipps who died in April at 17 years old these earrings, you can Google them. It's again, I-S-S-Y star. Uh, these earrings are being sold for five pounds and proceeds go to the mental health charity, Brave Minds. So Kate's, um, Kate hugged Issy's mom who was there and her mom said that Kate was incredibly empathetic and just was, was lovely. I'm sure she now has a pair of Issy star earrings. I'm sure I haven't checked lately, but I'm sure they've sold out. And so, um, just what, a, like, again, like being able to infuse something like that in every visit is so special. That's such a sweet little thoughtful detail. I, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Wow. Well, Rachel, let's talk about one of the stories that I think a lot of people tuned into here today, because it is good news. And we love talking about good news on the podcast. So one thing that we have mentioned before is we love the spring season on the podcast because the weather is mild, the flowers are blooming, and we've got a lot of fun royal events going on. You know, we've got the garden parties, we've got coronations and jubilees and weddings, and we even have babies. And so We've had quite a few of these different celebrations this year and most recently being a royal baby. And I'm calling it spring because it's technically not summer. We're still in spring. spring, For sure. For sure. Late spring, early summer. But Princess Mm -hmm. Eugenie and her husband, Jack Brooksbank, welcomed their second baby boy, Ernest George Ronnie. He was born Tuesday, May 30th, and he weighed seven pounds, one ounce. And in the announcement, Eugenie shared that he is named after his great 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 grandfather George who is King George V his grandfather George who is Jack's father and her grandfather Ronnie who is Fergie's father mm-hmm. so baby Ernest promoted their first son August to big brother and Eugenie shared a photo of August you know leaning over the bassinet and he's rubbing his little baby brother's head it was such a sweet photo and I'm thinking I don't know about you Rachel but I did text you when we saw the announcement I'm thinking they're gonna go by Augie and Ernie what yes do you we already we already know Augie is check that's in place and mm-hmm. Ernie like how can you not right and by the way um August looks at so much in profile like Archie like my he God, does. The, the genes are really are really strong but yes congratulations Eugenie and Jack that's so exciting so let's talk a little bit about the Princess of Wales again she's been busy and you know speaking of the spring season um I do want to remind our listeners we did an episode earlier this year maybe of several weeks ago where I shared some fashion inspo based on royal style so I think we did one for like spring style or, or something mm-hmm. like that. And I shared a couple pieces that I thought would be in or some trends. Um, I think it was episode 89, but in the fashion segment, I suggested that listeners try houndstooth and some less traditional colors, like a pastel. I think maybe I suggested like a skirt or a blazer or something, but anyway, we saw the princess of Wales wearing a really cute blazer in this light blue. I think it's technically a gingham pattern, but to me, it closely resembled houndstooth. Um, so if you took our advice in our fashion episode, you are totally dressing like Catherine this summer. Um, did you see her in that blazer? Yeah. And it, and it was really cute. I'm really, I'm really loving the, like, I'm not a big patterns person generally, but I really love these patterns. Yeah. It was so great to have, you know, because sometimes blazers can feel like heavy and wintry. So to see mm-hmm. it in that light pattern, I really loved it. That blue color was really, really nice. So 
When we saw her this week, she was visiting a community center called the Windsor Family Hub, and she was there to learn about the services the organization provides to local families. So some of those are stress management courses and even baby massages, which is so sweet. Mm-hmm. And on the Wales Instagram account, they actually shared several photos, and they noted that the organization's services are a reminder of the importance of shaping us, which of course is Catherine's initiative focus on the early years. So that really tied in nice with that visit. And I just thought that was one of those, I don't know, kind of sweet engagements. You know, everybody loves seeing pictures of of little babies and um and I, I really enjoyed that visit. Did Has you she like- not been so busy lately? My goodness, she's all over the place. I know, I know. And didn't you enjoy that engagement? Yes, definitely. Well, while we are talking Royal Fashion Inspo, someone else we all know has taken some style inspo from the Princess of Wales. And I don't know if you saw this, Rachel, but Ivanka Trump actually wore the exact Jenny Packham dress Catherine wore to the James Bond premiere. Um, So if you guys, I know you remember that, it's the gold Mm -hmm. glittery cape dress, which I think was an all-time favorite of many royal followers. I mean, that dress like broke the internet when Wales walked out in that. So Ivanka's dress, while it was the same exact style, it was actually a really beautiful light turquoise color. And I have to say, I think I loved it as much as Kate's gold gown. And I don't know, I don't know what you thought, Rachel, but I'm not sure I can pick a favorite between the two. Mm. I thought they both wore it really well. It's a stunning dress. It looks Mm -hmm. great on Ivanka. So she wore it for her daughter Arabella's bat mitzvah. And as a reminder to listeners, this dress retails for right around $5,000. So it's definitely a splurge. But what did you think? Oh, she looks stunningly beautiful. By the way, there's Jared Kushner in his tennis shoes. But anyway, (laughs) with his suit. But that's that's not what we're talking about here. yeah, that is, I mean, I actually like, you're right. Cause that gold dress was just like a stunner on Kate, but this, this is like you said, it's like a light turquoise and it, I mean, still same stunning is, yeah. I mean, this is a beautiful dress. If you can do it in different colorways like that, different. Uh, yeah. That's gorgeous. Absolutely. Yeah, looks, looks great. That's a great family photo of them. So mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of fun. And then also got another another little update to share on the royal family and some engagements going on. So while we're while we're kind of going through all of our engagements, Princess Anne actually visited um, an area where my mom and grandmother are from. Mm-hmm. So she went on Monday for a really fun little event. Um, and I just, I don't know, I enjoyed reading this story as well. It was another fun engagement that I really wanted to include in our royal rundown. So she is patron for the British Nutrition Foundation. And this week is annual healthy eating week in the UK. So as part of her role, she visited a school in Lincolnshire um, where kids are learning about where food comes from and how to eat a healthy diet. So the school, which is Washingboro Academy, places a really big emphasis on food and healthy eating you know, even beyond just annual healthy eating week, this is kind of just a big focus for the school in general. And at the school, they've even got an herb wheel. They have fruit cages and they even have chickens. And so I, out of curiosity, looked at the school website. They've actually got an entire page dedicated to food education. They've got videos and recipes. And it says on their website that they've got a kitchen garden raised beds and their chickens are actually free range. So (laughs) the students get to cook. um, I think they cook once a week and they get to make healthy snacks from their snack shack that kids can, can eat at during breaks. And it just sounds like, I mean, the best school ever. I love food and I think I would have loved going there as a kid. Um, but they also I'm have... over here with my pizza and corn and crispitos and, um, <laughs> and my school lunches. So shout out to that. But anyway. Well, maybe you should go pull some recipes from the school's website, but they got... have a good, I love a good crispito though. I'm sorry. Anyway, if you, if you are from Kansas, you want, or maybe they're not nationwide. I don't know. You understand. But anyway, I digress. Free range chickens was definitely not happening at my, at my school, but anyway. 
Well, they've got a personal quote even from Dame Mary Berry on their website, if that tells you how much they love wow. food. But um, so yeah, as I've mentioned in the past, you know, my mom and grandmother are from Lincolnshire. And um, so if if they're listening to the podcast, which I think they usually do, I hope they also enjoyed that story. I'm fairly certain that they are listening and hello to them and, and my mother as well. <laughs> we can at least guarantee three listeners every week. Um, well, let's move into segment two, which is Royals Around the World. So we have a lot to talk about um, in Royals Around the World today. So June 1st marked perhaps the biggest royal wedding of the year. I don't know how we're going to top this one. Jordan's crown prince Hussein married Rajwa Al-Sif in front of 1,700 guests at Zarin Palace in Ammon, including William and Kate, Beatrice, and Carol and Pippa Middleton, among a whole host of royals from around the world, which we will talk about in just a second, because they did like a, a group photo. It was kind of like a... It was, mm-hmm. it was like a family reunion, like group photo. It was kind of cool. Um, again, like a family reunion, but for royals. So Hussein is the son of King Abdullah II and Queen Rania, who actually are one of my favorite royal couples. They just celebrated their own 30th anniversary the other day. And the bride wore Ely Saab, which coincidentally so did the Princess of Wales. Or maybe that wasn't a coincidence at all. I don't know. But some highlights from the big wedding. So, I mean, this moment certainly went viral everyone's I'm sure seen this by this point, but will like, this is not uh, husbands do not do this. <laughs> Don't do this. William telling Kate to chop chop as she spoke with the bride in the receiving line. First of all, William, you were talking to the bride forever, dude. And then Kate gets up there and she's up, she's talking to her for like no time at all. And then he's like, chop, chop. No. And then I like, thought it was funny. <laughs> I mean, I know he wasn't doing it to be disrespectful. I don't think so. But like, like the way you could kind of sense like Kate's tension, like as they were walking off, or at least I could, maybe I'm just, you know, making it up. Very, very relatable though. Right. I mean, that's, that's so something you know, <laughs> that we see all the time in, in real life. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I, I thought this was a really interesting fact. Kate wore the Queen Mary lovers, not tiara. This is not the first time by any means she's worn that she wore this it's the one that she wears the most but this was her first okay again tiara tiara whatever tiara her first tiara moment outside of the uk can you believe that she's never worn one outside of the uk which is unbelievable. that's an interesting fact and i did not know that yeah you would think that after 12 plus years as a senior royal that would have happened already but not not so fun fact I think we've mentioned this on the pod before Kate lived in Jordan for a time when she was a kid I think they lived there from 1984 to 1986 when her father worked for British Airways um Brit Brit what am I saying Beatrice had a tiara moment of her own only her second her first was at her wedding in 2020 this was her second she wore the York tiara which her mother Sarah Ferguson wore on her wedding day in 1986 to Prince Andrew that was specially designed for Fergie by her late majesty and then as I said a minute ago there was a group photo of all of the royals there including the aforementioned William and Kate and Beatrice representing the British royal family there were royals from Belgium so we just mentioned that royal family a little bit ago in the show Malaysia Norway Denmark Japan Brunei Netherlands Spain Sweden Greece so many <laughs> royals and then actually the bride wore um who she's now princess rajwa wore a uh, second wedding dress this one was a gorgeous cap sleeve dress and it looks like we have photos here so um yeah we're looking at photos right now of both of her wedding dresses um thoughts thoughts on these dresses okay so I do have a lot of thoughts on the fashion of this wedding um arguably some of the fashion is more interesting than what we saw at the coronation um definitely more formal now okay I don't know if this is controversial or not but I did not love either of the wedding gowns. Well, that's your opinion. You're allowed to have an opinion. What What were your thoughts? So I will say that we can't see it in this photo, but the second wedding dress from the back is beautiful. There, um, it, it's I I like the train. I don't. Uh, okay, let's let me back up to the first wedding dress. So this is not the photo that we're looking at of this dress is not a flattering shot of this dress because it is like it's not. I, I mean, I, it looks kind of like a business suit in this photo and that, well, not- and it almost looks like a, um, like a very 
fitted dress with like a train right. attached at the back. It almost looks like a two-piece sort of thing. And I, right. I don't know if it is, but right. that's um, not this is not a flattering photo of the dress, but it almost has like a wrap dress look in the front too, with that the way the material kind of wraps around the top part of the chest and goes off to the side. Um I mean they're they're just not they're not my favorite when it goes comes to royal wedding dresses. And that, and you are entitled to your opinion. I, I, again, I don't think that the photo that we're looking at, which listeners, of course, you can't see, but like this, the dress is, is more beautiful than this photo would lead you to believe it is. I like, I like the dress. I like the first dress. Now the second dress, I, I said, I like it from the back. It does look a a, a bit cupcakey to me. Like it, Mm -hmm. like it looks, it's not, it's not. I don't like the, um, the detailing on this dress and, and I couldn't find who the designer was on the second dress. The first dress is Elisa, but, um, the second dress, I prefer the first dress. We'll just say it that way. This episode is brought to you by sax.com at sax.com. It's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full nineties throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so let's move on to some of the others at the at the wedding. Now, I also put in our notes the two photos of Princess Beatrice dresses mm-hmm. and my favorite of the two was that icy blue gown she wore to the actual ceremony with the black belt. Um, mm-hmm. The other dress is more of like a muted pink, you know, nude kind of tone. And it's got some gold detailing over the chest. I thought the blue one was gorgeous. That was my favorite. What did you think? Well, I think both of them are gorgeous. I think she like the dresses are both gorgeous, but she looks stunning stunningly gorgeous in, in these photos. I actually prefer the second one. Um, I, I really love, I'm not so much a fan of the sleeves on the second one, but, um, if we, if we could do with that, like if we could just have made them like straight sleeves instead of that, like bell sleeve mm-hmm, detailing, mm-hmm. Then, then, then I would be a hundred percent on the second dress, but, um, yeah, I mean, she looks gorgeous in both of them, but I mean, I like, I like them both. And I did like seeing her with the tiara too. That was really fun. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love seeing it because it's so rare, right? It's only the second time that that's ever happened. And the first time was at her wedding, which, you know, was d- right in the middle of COVID, the height of COVID over the summer of 2020. And so um, we only got, you know, a handful of photos afterwards instead of like full coverage, like Eugenie's wedding, for example. So, um, but yeah, she lo- Beatrice looked beautiful at this wedding. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what we saw Kate wearing? Yeah, so I um, I know the first dress is Eli Saab. I can't remember off the top of my head who the second dress is by, but so we've got, um, how would you even explain that? Kind of like a blush. I love this dress. Like I absolutely love Kate in this dress. Just like the whole look, the hair, the makeup, um, everything. And then, as I said a minute ago, um, okay, so I know that you, th- th- I don't think that this is a vampire's wife dress, but it, it's shiny and like metallic, like a vampire's wife dress, which is a line that we've seen Kate wear a couple times. We've seen her wear green vampire's wife, pink vampire's wife. I don't think this is that, but, um, it, it looks like it could be. I, I just don't like she looks beautiful. Okay. Like, so, okay. Back up. So the first dress, the Ely Saab was what she wore to the ceremony. This is what she wore the other dress, the as yet unidentified designer is what she wore to the reception. She's got the queen Mary lovers knot on her head. She's got a queen Elizabeth's earrings on her ears. She's got a sash. It's like a shiny metallic-y. How would you like a champagne? Is that like champagne to you color? I mean, they're, they're both actually in that second dress, um, is Jenny Packham. I, I just looked that up. So, um, 
they're both really like the same, um, really like kind of the same color, just one sparkly, like a, the muted pink blush color, I would think. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just like call me dull, but like, I just like, I, first of all, both dresses are beautiful, but I just don't like this metallic-y shiny material. I just, I oh just my don't gosh. like, just don't like we, it. And I know you do. I know you love it. I was going to say, like, we're in different this. pages today because I love the sparkly pink dress. That yeah. was my favorite of the two for Kate. Yeah. <laughs> and I love anytime we see the Royals together at a formal event when they've got like the sashes and the little ribbons pinned on and it's it's like, it's so, it's, it's so fun. I want to wear a sash and a ribbon. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, she looks beautiful. And again, like this is a gorgeous dress, but I just, this is just my personal preference, but let's talk about, um, queen Mary of Denmark. So uh, it's crown princess, Mary, crown, excuse me. Sorry. Crown princess, Mary of Denmark. So tell, tell us about this dress. So I don't know the designer on this one, but you know, it's, it's like a kind of a, what would you say? Like a seafoam greenish color. Yeah. Um, really, I thought it was beautiful. I included it in here because it was one of my favorites. Um, her tiara is stunning, uh, mm-hmm. but it's a one shoulder and um, it's got, so it's like that greenish color at the top. And then the top waist up has some, maybe like a gold overlay kind of pattern on it. And then the skirt, of course, is sort of pleated looking and, and kind of goes out what like a, what is that? Would you consider that to be like, kind of like an A-line style, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, from the waist and it's that solid green color. And I just thought it was so beautiful. I loved she it. I thought amazing. she looked great. She has an updo um, and the color really flattered her and, and the dress was really just a classic, beautiful dress. Yeah. She matched that dress to the sash perfectly. Right. And it just, yeah, she's absolutely stunning. And then next we've got a photo of the queen of the Netherlands. And of course, um, are the future queen, the princess of orange here, which we've talked about them a lot on the podcast. And I have not ID'd their gowns either. I don't know the makers, but, um, the, the queen has a, it's like a, what is that? Like a white and goldish. I don't, I don't want to say white cause it doesn't look white, but it's got oh, a white, gold white. metallic tone in it and it's mm-hmm. offset by, I don't know if it's like a ivory background color or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, so, okay. So we've got that one and then her daughter princess it's, it's Katarina. Is that correct? Yeah. I think that's her name. Katarina Amalia, I think. Yeah. So she is in, uh, man, how, what is this? Crimson? Is that a crimson color? Yeah, like or a scarlet. Um, yeah. Or a scarlet color. So it's short sleeves on the dress, rounded neckline, sort of fitted at the top, right at the waist. And then, you know, goes out into a full skirt. Um, I thought that one was really, really beautiful too. And that's why I included the photo. It's because I just like that I red dress. I like cap sleeves on myself personally. Like I just, and like, um, Princess Rajwa was wearing cap sleeves on her second dress. I don't like cap sleeves. I just don't like them. But I'm not it's a gorgeous generally color. a big fan of capped sleeves either, but I do think this dress looks really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And she's only in college, by the way. So like she looks far more mature than 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 that. Like she's she looks beautiful. And then below we've got um, crown princess Victoria of Sweden in a hot pink dress. And we've got princess Elizabeth of Belgium in a hot pink dress, kind of very similar colors. Now, Rachel, mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed this, but Victoria's dress is actually the same one that Meghan Markle wore that it was a mm-hmm. cape dress that she wore yes, in a blue color. Yep. Yeah. And that, that dress was, Oh God, I loved the color of that dress. That was like, um, a blue, like, a mm-hmm. um, like, how would you even describe that blue? Like a, like, I don't even, I don't even know. It's like a periwinkle blue. Um, I don't even know, but yeah, you're right. That is, it's got a little cape to it. Um, that's, and it's, I think I'm going to mispronounce this designer, but Sophia, Sophia, something like that. And uh, yeah, that, that blue dress, which Megan, I think wore to Fiji, it was like in their Oceana tour, like when they went to Australia, New Zealand, Tonga, all those places. Um, I love that dress and this looks beautiful on Victoria as well. And then, uh, you know, again, so Princess Elizabeth of Belgium, she's in a dress similar color. It's also a cape dress. It's this hot pink color. Um, the fabric looks a little bit more sheer, lightweight, kind of flowy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, so I think my favorite of the events was Beatrice's icy blue dress, Catherine's pink glittery dress, and Mary 
her, her seafoam blue one shoulder dress. Mm-hmm. I think those were my top three. What about you? Ooh. Okay. So my top, honestly, it might have to, you know what? It might have to be Mary. It might have to be Mary. I really think that's beautiful. I also think Kate's um, first look to the ceremony. I really like that. And I'm going to throw in, I'm actually going to shake it up a little bit. And I just love the cut of this dress so much. See, cause like this Victoria's dress is, it's not cap sleeve, but it's like pretty doggone close to cap sleeve, but like that sleeve I love, but I hate cap sleeves. So that's well, it weird. fully covers her shoulders. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, like, I'm not a huge hot pink fan but I love the cut of this dress so much. Like I would 1000% wear that dress. Maybe I, that would not be my color preference maybe, but like, I love that dress, like the cut of that dress. Well, that was really fun. I always enjoy talking about Royal fashion. Royal wedding of the year right there. We're not, we are certainly not fashion experts, but we do enjoy talking about it and looking at it. (laughs) Or are we Royal experts, but we certainly enjoy talking about that as well. Well, let's close out the Royal run or no, this is not the Royal rundown. Let's close out the um, Royals around the world segment with a little update from Sweden. So Princess Madeline of Sweden and her husband, Chris, celebrated their 10th wedding anniversary last week. And she actually posted some personal photos on Instagram of their wedding. And one of them included um, them dancing at their reception. And I thought it was really beautiful and always fun to see some of those personal photos that we don't Mm -hmm. typically get to see. Did you see any of them, Rachel? I did. And they, you know, they're about to move back. They've been in the U.S. for, I think, five years. They're about to move back to Sweden this summer. So, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, really Really exciting for them. And while we're on Sweden, the country actually celebrated its annual national day on June 6th. So as the name suggests, this is the day where citizens celebrate their nationality, the history of the country. And on the day, the royal family actually opened up Stockholm Palace to the public for summer and Crown Princess Victoria and her daughter, Princess Estelle, were dressed in the traditional Swedish dress, which we've seen them in this before. Um, And the royal family participated in a carriage procession from the palace to Skansen Museum. Um, So a really big fun day for everyone there. And this year actually marks 500 years of Sweden being an independent country. Congratulations, Sweden. And one thing that I did want to mention before we close out, we actually got a listener question um, on Instagram. And we said we were going to include a response in this episode. And unfortunately, we were so packed with Royal News this week. We don't have time to fit it in, but I promise we will do it in the next episode. So it's look out for that. And it is. Yeah. Yeah. You. I was going to say, look out for that. I was going to say, Jessica, I'm not ready. I don't, I'm not ready for this yet. So no, no yeah, I, we're not going to do it this time. Um, we'll do it next time. You guys want to tune in. And also to other listeners, if you have any um, questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, send it our way and we will do it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we've had a great episode. I think we were a little rusty about getting back into it today, Rachel. We've been off for a little while. We have. And I mean, just in full transparency, not going into details, but like Jessica and I've had a really rough like past few months. So listeners, thank you for bearing with us as sometimes our schedules are inconsistent. We're just both kind of going through it right now. And so thank you for hanging with us and being our bright spot in a, in a rough, in a rough season. So thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. And I hope that this podcast brings a little bit of joy to our listeners too, and they get to have fun with us. So let's go ahead and close it out for the day. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. We are at Podcast Royal. And of course, you can always email us at hellopodcastroyal at gmail.com. And please follow, rate, review our podcast. That means so much. We, I think we need some positive ratings. We've, we've had some lately, Rachel, that um, weren't, weren't super friendly. So <laughs> go leave well, us a nice everyone's entitled. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. <laughs> You know, we would rather you, we would rather you email us those than put it on our <laughs> podcast. Just saying. 
<laughs> we'll respond yeah, and- to your email and answer your concern but like let's talk like let's let's put the good stuff on apple podcasts and the bad stuff why don't, why don't y'all come to us and we'll talk about that with you for sure yeah we'll give you if you like the podcast go drop us five stars we really appreciate it and thank you thank you so much for tuning in to episode 96 of podcast royal bye bye Thank you.